ever wondered how all those other mums do it, that they have all those amazing play ideas and they just seem to play with their kids all day, every day. Yeah, it's not happening. So today on the podcast, we're going to be going into the difference between child-led and adult-led play, where the magic is in both. So welcome to episode one of the Simplifying Childhood podcast. I am your host, Tiffany, and let's get started. Welcome to the Simplifying Childhood podcast, where we simplify parenting, play, and everything child development. I am your host, Tiffany. What is the difference between child-led play and adult-led play? Why do you care? You care because you want to work with your child, you want to support your child, and you want to play with your child. But at the same token, you're exhausted, you're a mum, you have 20 million things to do and the kitchen ain't going to clean itself. Not that we should just be aiming to clean the kitchen for our lives. And we want to remove some of that mum guilt of playing all the time with our children. And the easiest way to do that is to understand these types of play and that there's room for all of them within in your home. So the first one that we talk about a lot, and you'll hear all around the internet, is child-led play. And that is magical. And I am a massive, massive advocate for child-led play. Child-led play is 100% driven by your child. They are in the director's chair. They are calling cut. They are setting the actors. They are setting the music. They're in charge. And child-led play can have an adult in it. May, may not. Um, But it's kind of free choice. Whatever they say goes. Child-led play is where they get to explore who they are, what they think to hold true about the world. They get to be creative. They get to try new things. They get to push boundaries. Children play at the edge of their capabilities, and that is so much more true or true in child-led play. Okay, The second you add an adult into that, they don't push themselves the same way. They always do the crazy stuff when your back's turned. You know when you're outside of their you know, the lounge room or the kitchen, wherever they're playing, you walk into the other room and then you hear the crash, you know they're working at the edge of the limits then because they're pushing that limit at that point in time as far as they possibly can while you're not watching. And that is child-led play and that's part of the beauty of child-led play, seeing how far they can go with something. Now, there are people who 100% do child-led play 99% of the time. Child-led play, though, doesn't have an adult directing anything. You may be a player, you may be invited, but you'll be told, you sit down, what would you like to order at the cafe? I'm going to tell you what you're ordering. Okay, The child is leading that play. On the other end of the spectrum, so this is kind of a spectrum here, is adult-led play. So that's where, as an adult, I go, you know what? They're really interested in cars. I'm going to set up a sensory tray of cars. I'm going to put out different colour cars and then I'm going to put out different colour buckets and they're going to colour sort these cards and then they're going to play with the sensory bit and then we're going to count the cards and I've got this elaborate plan in my head of their interests, their developmental needs, what we're going to do, what the goal is, how they're going to interact and I am the director, I am in the driver's seat and my child doesn't get a real say in this. I have observed and taken it from their interests I have observed and taken it from their ability, but I have a goal in mind. I have an agenda at play and I am directing that play. Is there a place for that? Yeah. 
And there is a place for that in particular when it's something to do with safety. So cooking maybe or learning to cut something up. That would be perfect where you'll have an adult-led activity or adult-led play. Learning to use scissors might be something that's more adult-led. But if we spend all of our days as mums in this adult-led play area and arena, it's exhausting because all day you are searching for activity ideas. All day you are searching for what to do for your child. All day you are setting them up. All day you are doing the work and your child may or may not engage. And that's the hard part is it doesn't matter how elaborate they are, how long you spend up on something, they may not engage. And sometimes I think they know that you've spent longer on it so they engage for even less. So just doing adult-led play isn't going to lead to this magical playtime and is only going to lead realistically to burnout. What adult-led play also doesn't facilitate is concentration for your child is their creativity. Sometimes as adults we get in our own way. So if I've set up that car activity earlier and my child comes in and they start lining up the cars and I go, no, 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 we're doing colour sorting. Let's sort the colours. I'm taking away that creativity and the opportunity for them to do something else. Now, if that adult-led play is I put out the cars and I put out the buckets and the colours and I let them go, what that would be is more adult-initiated play. So you've got adult-led then you have adult initiated. So that means I've initiated the play, but what they do with that is completely up to them. So I've gone, you know what, they're interested in colors, they're interested in cars, they're at that age where they're learning those things, I'm gonna set it up and whatever they do with it is up to them. I might set up, say, a cutting invitation with some strips of paper and the scissors and they might rip it all up instead of doing the cutting. Adult initiated, I still had a goal in mind. I want them to cut, I want them to cut a sword. But I wasn't in full control as with an adult-led activity where it was like, no, no, we're baking a cake, we're only adding two cups of flour. We're not adding 16 eggs, adult-led. Two, let's make potions together. I've got the bicarb, I've got the vinegar. How much bicarb and vinegar you wanna to put together? Whatever. Okay, so there is a difference there. And you might find you do a lot more adult-initiated things. I, they can be great for connection. As can adult-led play. There's no enemies here, all right? Let me make that really clear. There is no enemies here. So if you've got mainly adult-led play, look for opportunities where you could just let go of the reins a little bit, still set it up, but that you're not then controlling all the outcomes that happen after that. And you can have adult-initiated child-led play. The next step down, and we're not yet back at that child-led play yet, is child-initiated play. So this is where you co-construct the play together. So they may come and say, what would you like from the store? And you go, oh, I don't wanna go for a store today. I wanna go to the ice cream shop. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll go to the ice cream shop. What ice cream would you like? And as the adult, I have influenced the play. I have said, hey, this is what we could do with the play and they have given me back what we could do with the play. Okay, so together we are co-constructing that play experience. They could then say, you know what, the ice cream shop's out of chocolate ice cream, you need to go to the building shop now, 
or the supermarket. I don't know why you're going to a building shop for chocolate ice cream. Anyway, um, you go to the building shop for sausages. But what you want to do is play off each other, give each other ideas, and you're going to get more out there, more creative, feed off each other. And this can be really great for connection because your child has come to you because they're seeking connection. They've initiated the play with you. They've asked you to play with them. And then you're joining in and you're getting down and you're playing with it. Same with sensory play. You might um, set up the tray or they may set up the tray. So it could be adult or child initiated. But you can spend that time then connecting together. Let them give you the cup to do something with. Let them give you things to do um, and play together. Okay, then you have your fully child-led experience. So that's when they tell you, you sit down, what would you like? What do you think I like? And you won't add, oh, I don't want to go to the cafe. I want to go to the building shop. You're just going to go, you know what? You've said we're at a cafe. We're at a cafe. What does the cafe have today? And pose a question to get them to construct more of the play. Oh, the cafe has banana bread? Okay, I'll have banana bread. If they say, would you like to build with me? What would you like to build today? How do you think we might build that? So even though you're invited in and you're in that play and they've included you, you're still pushing back rather than co-constructing it. It's kind of this little level before child-led where an independent play sits because you can have child-led play with an adult still there. Then you can have child-led play where you're not in it and they're two different things. So when you're still in that play and they're including you, Pose more questions, then you answer. And then that allows them to be creative. And you might notice too, when you're posing a lot of those questions and you're doing something like construction together, they might go off on their own and move into independent play. Might happen less with the pretend play because they want to sell you something from their shop usually. Um, so then you've got your child-led unstructured play where they just go for it and you let them go for it. And when they invite you in, step in. That's their invitation to say, connect with me. I wanna connect with you. If you're not invited, can I challenge you not to step in? Think about what is your purpose when you interrupt that play? So whether you've, however that play has started and they've continued it in an independent manner or they've gone on and they've gone off in their own little world, why are you interrupting? Are you interrupting to say, it's lunchtime? Do you need to interrupt for that? Just a question. Do you need to interrupt to say you're leaving the room? Now for some children, both of those things are, yeah, I do. I don't interrupt for lunchtime, I just go make my lunch and I make hers and she goes, oh, it's lunchtime and she'll come and join. Or I'll put it there and she'll go, oh yeah, I'll get to that later and she'll keep playing and come back to it. Okay, so think about why are you interrupting and do you need to? Times where I would 100% interrupt if it is safety. Okay, if she starts getting the carving knife out and wielding it around, playing swords or magic wands with it, we're going to interrupt. Am I going to interrupt because I just don't understand it or it's not ideal or it's a bit messier than what I wanted? Probably not. If I'm going to interrupt, I was just putting an example sticky tape on the wall the other day to hang the pictures. I went and found blue tack and said, hey, would you like to try the blue tack? It doesn't disrupt the paint as much. And then we swapped it out. I didn't want to stop the play, didn't want to interrupt it, 
but I also didn't want the sticky tape peeling paint off my wall. So instead of just taking the play away, I went and found something before I interrupted that play and swapped it out and then moved away really quickly um, and went back to my coffee. So think about if you're interrupting that play, what is the purpose of that? If you're interrupting to say they are wrong, I would really question that. Because if they've say doing color sorting on their own and they've put the red in the green, okay? There may be a purpose at play there that you don't understand. And they may not just be color sorting. They could be sorting by size, they could be bored, they could just be throwing them in the bowls to move them around the play. Um, there may not be a purpose to it as well. It could just be that they moved it there and that's okay. But the second you interrupt and say, oh no, the green car doesn't go in that bowl, you're saying play is wrong and the way they're doing it is wrong. And yeah, okay, by color sorting, yeah, it is. But that's the beauty of those self-correcting materials is that the material corrects itself for them. And they can see that, but they may not want to fix it and that's all right, especially in this toddler stage, and I would argue any stage, interrupting to correct only says there's a right and wrong way to play. And I would argue that plays play. So that's where some of those questions, I guess, about the adult-led play come into it. Do you need to interrupt that play when it is that child-led play? And there is that continuum of the types of play. So if in your day you're moving from an adult-led activity that you may start the day with for connection um, and because that's how they warm up to the day, and then you move into a more child-led play so you get your coffee so you wake up for the day, great. And you want to keep swinging along this continuum throughout your day. You don't want to spend all day up here and you don't want to spend necessarily all day down here where you're not having that connection time because you want that connection time as much as they do. But you also don't want it demanded and all the time because that's exhausting. So if you want more information on adult and child-led play, I do have a blog post about it um, up on the website. So go check that out. I'll put it in the show notes for you. Otherwise, until next time, I've been Tiffany and this has been Simplify Child.